Good evening, everybody. This is David Kukla with the Traditional Healers from the Four Corners of the World. We've been bringing you these shows for three years now, and our mission, again, is to address the social issues within our communities, within our families, within ourselves, and to provide some uh, traditional uh, solutions, some indigenous solutions to uh, how we can uh, feel better about ourselves, how we can uh, help our families, help our community. And uh, remember inside that sacred circle is nature. And so that uh, nature reflects in and we reflect out. And so that not only do we got to take care of each other, but we got to take care of our motherlands and this earth that we live on that she's so been generous with. And so I hope all's well tonight. I hope your families are well. Uh, blessings to those who are in need uh, and remember that uh, hope means staying engaged in the struggle so keep hope alive everyone out there uh, tonight we got a real very special program we <clears throat> have a, a healer shaman uh, Robin Tequilis Youngblood uh, who's Okanagan Salagi uh, Native American uh, she's a minister, teacher, author, artist, and a student of her heritage, of which she's very proud of. Uh, she's studied with elders within her own communities and uh, also with Siberian, Polynesian, and Aboriginal elders. So she's been, this woman's been around the world. Uh, she does uh, individual healing, uh, which we can get into later on in this program on the second half and how she uses uh, what she's learned uh, and ways in which you can help heal yourself. Um, then <clears throat> the first half of this program, uh, we want to talk to Robin with, uh, about her involvement with the Seven Generations World Wisdom Council. They uh, organize multicultural wisdom gatherings uh, around the world and also a member of the Grandmother's Circle of the Earth. Uh, and so she's active very much out in the communities, uh, helping uh, heal that outside world. And she's also very involved with us in healing the inside world because we know that uh, nature reflects back to us what we need to learn and we also know that nature lives within us so uh with that i want to welcome you robin and how are you doing tonight i'm really well thank you david and boy i really like what you had to say especially about the nature within us uh, we are a microcosm of the macrocosm mm -hmm. uh and robin <coughs> Can you uh, sort of microcosm, macrocosm? What if you said that in uh, a way that my grandchildren might understand that? What, could you use some other words that might, because I know my, we got a young, lot of young people out there listening and <clears throat> these indigenous teachings, a lot of them are straight away from. So could we break that down into a little simpler language? Sure, absolutely. How, how would you... Uh, say, microcosm, macrocosm? Well, you know, all the kids today watch things like uh, sci-fi movies and all that kind of thing, the holograms that they see on TV now. Mm -hmm. What that means is that every cell in our body contains the whole universe in it. Mm. And that is such a teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because whatever is inside us is also outside us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when we begin to learn and understand that there is nothing that isn't us and nothing that um, is outside that we can't feel and experience on the inside, it kind of changes our world. It takes away that sense of disconnection that, that most of us have in modern society from you know, living on pavement all the time and being disconnected from nature by our jobs and our schools and so forth. Mm -hmm. but we can mm -hmm. learn how to access nature inside us as well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then what if we uh, uh, went into the 
Seven Generations World Wisdom Council. Now, could you tell us a little bit about this group of men, women? I'm not sure. Could share with our listening audience uh, the work that you're doing inside that council? Sure. Uh, about four years ago, I was invited to a wisdom gathering in Holland, of all places. Mm-hmm. And um, it was organized by a wonderful man called Danny Vader. Danny had had a vision, and the vision was of... Uh, 13 stones, 13 countries, uh, and Mother Earth in the center. Mm. And there was much more to the vision. But when he told me that part, I immediately connected with it because the medicine wheel is what I live by. Mm-hmm. And when you, and, uh, when you talk about medicine wheel, for those who don't know what uh, medicine wheel is, could you explain a little bit of what uh, medicine wheel is, Robin? In Native American tribes, mm-hmm. nearly every tribe has a medicine wheel. As a matter of fact, there were medicine wheels all over the earth. Mm-hmm. They were originally stone circles, mm-hmm. and they were oriented toward the solstices and equinoxes. And originally, in the very, very, very old times, they were used as a way to determine seasons and what needed to happen during those seasons, whether it was the season to hunt, the Mm -hmm. season to plant, the season to harvest, the season of storytelling. Mm. It was like a guide. Yes, almost a compass. Okay. Uh And as people grew to understand themselves better and our connections with the landscape that we live on, Mm -hmm. um, each tribe developed their own medicine wheel and attributed different aspects to it. Mm. They attributed the elements to it, earth, air, water, fire. Mm-hmm. They attributed certain emotional and physical, uh, the emotional body, the physical body, the spiritual body, um, the all the different phases of humankind. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you learn the medicine wheel and understand it from a tribal perspective, it does become a compass. It becomes a compass by which you can live your life, view anything that's going on in your life, and learn how to change and transform what needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. And so this council, it uses a medicine wheel? You've created your own medicine wheel? Or what? How, how, how does that work? Well, Danny's vision was actually of listening to Mother Earth first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and finding what Mother needed and working with people from at least 13 different countries mm-hmm. to begin to share cultural aspects for community building and... Uh, to create more balanced societies, to restore harmony mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the planet. And he began to bring, to call in teachers from different nations. Mm. Mm-hmm. He asked me to come, and I caught the vision right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a vision for many years of community building and of circles, overlapping circles around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And meeting some of the other uh, wisdom keepers has been truly a blessing in my life and the ways that we share and what we share with people um, are both ceremonial ways mm-hmm. and the teachings of values mm. from our traditional cultures. Fundamental values? Yes. Values of family, of tribe, of relationship, of the village, how we all live and work together. I'd I'd love to do a show sometime on fundamental values. uh, A lot of work I do with uh, people who come to see me and talk to me, uh, we we always come to that place in our uh, talking with each other and me asking them, well, what are your fundamental values? And it's sort of surprising, Robin, how few people... uh, don't know what their fundamental values are. And uh, 
this is even people in their 50s or 60s been living almost most of their life without really a real, you know what, David, here's my four fundamental values. And so uh, it'd be great having a, a conversation with you down the road here just on identifying what your fundamental values are. And, uh, and of course, it, it doesn't mean that mine have to be the same as yours because uh, we all have different ways. And, uh, but I think uh, we can take the fruit from each other's basket and uh, enjoy some of the things that maybe your culture brings into mine. And it doesn't mean that we need to blend these cultures, but we can share the knowledge because part of the mission of our radio show is to preserve, sh protect, share, and further this traditional knowledge. And from what I'm hearing from you, Robin, it's that <clears throat> one of the main things is knowing what our fundamental values are. And <clears throat> my hunch, uh, my hunch uh, is that one of yours is protecting Mother Earth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was given another medicine wheel when I was fairly young, and I'm very grateful for that wheel. It's called the Wheel of Relationships. Mm. And it's words that we use all the time, mm. but we don't really examine those words, and mm -hmm. in modern culture, we don't even understand most of those words. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, in the East is honesty. Mm which is the very first thing we need to have if we're going into a relationship of any kind. Mm -hmm. In the South is courage. Mm. And, of course, when we run into a place of intimacy where we have fear mm -hmm. of being honest, it takes a great deal of courage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the West is uh, loyalty. Mm. And loyalty means many different things to people. Yeah. And it's a real exploration in today's world because this is a world of competition. Right. And, of course, in traditional <laughs> cultures, competition, if there was any, was simple fun. <laughs> and mostly we worked on, on the values of cooperation. Mm -hmm. And loyalty was very important to that. <clears throat> yeah, I talked to many people that we uh, live in a very individualistic culture. Yes. Versus uh, a community family culture. Uh, uh, a culture, traditionally, we would always say our primal uh, instinct is to belong to belong yeah. to something, to someone, whether it be a village, uh, a lover, a family, uh, a nation. Yes. And, and those are just basic uh, needs that we have that cannot be as extinguished. And I always talk about the damage that happens or the consequences of not belonging. And our youth, we can see it in our youth and the gangs that are being formed. Sure. Because the, the gangs are all about trying to find a tribe. Exactly. And then when we, but if we don't have those fundamental values, then, then all of a sudden now we're getting into violence. Yes. We're getting into abuse. And so I think we're really talking about a real core issue here that <clears throat> I think for all of us in our community, wherever you are, can be of value. And so this is a little bit of uh, uh, Robin's involvement with the Seven Generations World Wisdom Council and some of the work that they're doing. And uh, Robin, if we could move over into the... Uh, grandmother circle the earth. Uh, well, grandmother circle the earth works on those same kind of fundamental values. We work from 
ancient indigenous prophecies, and one of those is when the grandmothers speak, the world will heal. Heal. Hmm. And we've been told by the Hopis, the Navajo, many hmm. other Native nations, and not just American Indian nations, but the Maori, the Tibetans, mm-hmm. uh, the Siberians, people around the world have prophecies saying that this is the time for we as women to come forward mm. as the nurturers, the peacemakers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the divine feminine. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because we're grandmothers, we've already gone through the phases of youth and um, mm-hmm. uh, being single and free and being a mother and a parent, mm-hmm. uh, being a, a wife or mm-hmm. um, having a, a job in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In modern culture, we often have to do that. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way through our life experience, hopefully, we've learned a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> if you paid attention, right? <laughs> well, you know, I have an, <laughs> I had an elder when I was young who used to tell me, it's really easy to get older, Robin, but it's really hard to get elder. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good. That's good. I remember uh, a number of years back, I was uh, in a healing circle, and uh, we we're going around the circle, and each one of us were sharing. And then when we we're done, uh, the medicine man came up to me and he said, "David, I need to talk to you." And we went outside. He said, "If the grandmothers heard what you just said." You know what they'd say to you? They'd grab you by the ear and tell you you haven't learned anything yet. <laughs> so, so yeah, the power of the grandmother. Well, you know, in the my people are the Sami people, and also I got some heritage from around the Austria area, the old Celtic uh, peoples, the the Haslat culture. And so, the, you know, it does, our Sami, my Sami people, uh, the children of the wind and sun, uh, we are a matriarchal society. So the women, you know, the women, the elders, the grandmothers are the ones that, that uh, lead uh, the village. And inside each one of our lavus, it's sort of like a teepee, like a, a Native American teepee. Uh, there'd be three grandmas that'd be sitting inside the teepee, one right at the, or the lavu, L-A-A-V-U, one at the entrance, one by the fire, and one on the back. And those were the guardians of the sacred lodge. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so this is a time in the prophecies where the grandmothers are coming forward. Yes, and we're working on issues around the world. Um, part of our charter is to help start grandmother circles and councils all over the earth for the specific reason of helping those grandmothers in their local areas to determine what they need to do about the local challenges, because it's different in every area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. One place it's children who are at risk, another place it's sexual trafficking, mm-hmm. another place it's getting water yep. Yep. for the village or electricity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mostly um, the grandmothers who have the, the stamina and the ceremonies to hold all this. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so now, now you entered new territory, ceremony. Uh, some people out there are going to be wondering, well, what do you mean by ceremony? Ceremonies are different in every culture as well. However, they all have some basic central themes. One is intention. What is it that we want here? Okay. Okay. So uh, a circle of grandmothers, and then they sit there and they say, okay, what's our intention of coming together? Yes. Okay. And And we'll call that that a ceremony. 
Well, through that intention, they may do some things. They may Mm -hmm. um, light candles. They might bring in uh, something to represent each of the elements, air, earth, water, fire. Uh They might make a prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They might, in some cultures, they might go into a sweat lodge or a moon lodge. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may do some teaching as well as um, forming this sacred circle. They might call in ancestors or protectors that they know from their culture mm-hmm, and ask mm-hmm. their assistance. Um, in most indigenous cultures, there's great respect for the ancestors and a knowing that just because those who've gone before us are not on this plane anymore, they're still active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're active in the ways that their job from the other side is to try to help us in this world. So when these grandmothers come together, the first thing that they do is ceremony. And interestingly enough, it's the same with the World Wisdom Gathering. Uh-huh. We always have a, a community fire and an altar where we do our opening prayer and ceremony. There's always a peace fire where people can go to find their peace. To be in meditation, to know that place of stillness within themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those things are really important. Um, every traditional culture that I've had the privilege of studying with has ceremonies. They have ceremonies for different times of the year. They have ceremonies for the birth of a baby or the death of an elder. They have ceremonies for rites of passage, a marriage, um a new job, a new transition in life. And our modern cultures have forgotten most of those ceremonies. And and it's it's a source of sadness because Mm -hmm. what I see in the modern culture is that, for instance, you talked about gangs a while ago. Mm -hmm. Part of what they're looking for is a coming-of-age ceremony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they don't have them. Mm-hmm. been left behind right we're gonna we're gonna take a little short break here we're speaking with uh robin tequilis youngblood a healer shaman from the okanagan salagi peoples and she's been talking to us about the work that she's been doing in the seven generations world wisdom council and the grandmother circle of the earth and talking about the importance of ceremony. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, traditional ceremonies and modern ceremonies because I believe that there's ceremony in our modern culture, but what is its relationship to the natural world? What's its relationship uh, to, uh, to the spirit that lives inside of us? And have we forgotten the the medicine or the gift that we were born with because each one of us has it so this is david kukla here on the traditional healers forum from the four corners of the world we'll be right back after this short music break thank you I would like to talk to you now about responsibility. We have awesome responsibility to take care of our culture, to protect our culture, and to make sure our culture uh, is carried on from generation to generation. We always talk about the seventh generation. That's how far our responsibilities go. We must always maintain uh, what we're talking about, what we're doing, the singing, singing songs, the language. We must always think about the seventh generation, that we have to keep going seven generations down. This means naming ceremonies. Uh, And what is it, what are the responsibilities for, for a naming ceremony? 
you have to give tobacco, uh, and you have to uh, put on a feast uh, for the naming ceremony. Uh, the same thing with the seasons, when the winter season comes, fall, uh, in the spring, uh, in the summer. We, we give tobacco for the changing of the seasons. And we, we do things during the season as well that we have to remember. Um, there's songs that we have to sing, uh, certain songs uh, for naming ceremonies, certain songs for the seasons, uh, certain songs when we feed, when we feed the, uh, the water, when we feed the, uh, the soil, when we feed the, the trees. Um, and we have, to, we have to also, there's even the dance, the dance itself. Different songs for different dances. Uh, we have we have, we have animals animal songs. Chicken uh, chicken the chicken dance and uh, eagle dance, buffalo dance, deer dance. We have to know these songs, and so uh, that's what um, responsibility is about. Eagle feather, the highest the highest honor that you can give a young person or any person is to give them a feather for a great deed that they've done and once you receive the eagle feather uh, you have to take care of it in such a way that it never falls that it never touches the ground that it never it is not used that way you have to keep keep it um, uh, keep it in such a, a way that it, it is never neglected and if you do neglect it, and if it falls from your from your regalia, they stop everything, and they, and uh, a, a, a elder will go uh, retrieve the retrieve the feather. So, in all of these aspects, we, we know that we have responsibilities, and so this this song that I'm going to sing is about responsibility. It was a there was a time when all of the uh, people were hungry because they were getting lazy and they, there was no food and the, uh, the songs, the dances that we get, they gathered for they were very slow and, and, but this young boy he was about 12 years old he came out and he was dancing the way he should dance to these songs and he was the only one and the medicine man saw him and he then he started thinking about responsibility. So after that, after that song was over, then the, then the chiefs and the medicine men and the clan mothers, they started to speak about the responsibilities that we have, and the responsibilities go on every day. Oh, no. 
Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show tonight with Robin Tequillis, Youngblood, uh, Okanagan Salagi healer, teacher, author, artist, and a grandmother, of course. Uh, Big grandmother, actually. Oh, there you go. So welcome, welcome, Robin, tonight. We've been uh, uh, talking a little bit about uh, indigenous peoples, uh, practices, medicine wheels, ceremonies. Uh, one thing that um, I'd like to sort of, two things I'd like to touch on with you, Robin. And that's, uh, I want to talk about indig the word indigenous. Uh, at the dinner table tonight uh, with my dear friends, uh, uh, Danielle was sharing that uh, one of her friends was, uh, when they hear the word indigenous, it sort of makes them pull back a little bit. And I told her that uh, we have to all remember that we are all tribal people. And I don't care who you are today, what color your skin is, what color your hair is, if you're a man or a woman or who you are. If you go back far enough in time, you will find your indigenous practices. You will find your indigenous roots. So we are all indigenous peoples. Absolutely, and we're all indigenous to Mother Earth. There you go. And so... You know, mm -hmm. The first time that I went to Holland, the women took me aside and they said, you know, due to the Inquisition, the burning of witches, mm -hmm. um, World War One and World War Two, we don't have any of our old traditions. Uh, yeah. said, I don't think that's true. Mm -hmm. They're all held here in the land. Go to the river. Mm -hmm. Go to the ocean. Go mm -hmm. to the forest. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. Ask the stone people. Ask the trees. Mm -hmm. Ask the deer. They'll all tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been going there four years now. And every year when I go back, some woman comes to me and says, I spent time in the forest and I found, I found a ceremony. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all have those things. They, they are innate. That's part of that nature within us. Mm -hmm. I think for, you know, the, from where I stand on the holy ground where I stand, Robin, that for me, I believe that one of the biggest tragedies we as uh, humanity suffered was uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out, Rene Descartes, a French philosopher, and yeah. I, I'm gonna call him out because he brought forward this uh, belief that there is no life in a stone, there's no life in a river, outside of being water. There's no spirit. Everything else is dead except us human beings. And to me, that is where a big separation between our traditional cultures, us as indigenous people, and uh, that some of the people in the modern world who still want to believe there's no uh, song in that stone that they're carrying in their pocket, that don't believe that the river sings a song so we have, we have a, um, th there is some separation here. And I suppose one of the questions I have is, how are we as one people going to be able to heal that separation? Uh, and uh, personally, I don't, I don't have the answer to that, Robin. Outside well, I don't know if I have an answer, but I watch. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I see is that with the advent of quantum physics, mm -hmm. we've been a very scientific culture, and if you can't prove it scientifically, then mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. Right. However, with the advent of quantum physics, we're finding out more and more that 
the things we didn't exist do. Just mm-hmm. because we can't see them with a naked eye doesn't mean they're not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that sort of <clears throat> goes into the traditional Chinese practice of acupuncture. Because in the traditional Chinese medicine, they say that there's these energy channels that run up and down our body. There's 12 of them, like the months of the year. There's 365 points on those 12 meridians, like the days of the year, which is quite fascinating. And that by stimulating those energy channels, you can heal the body. Mm -hmm. Now, modern scientific world says you're a bunch of quacks. Because <laughs> we can't see them. <laughs> and we've used all our modern technology and we got some good technology. But we can't see those, those damn energy fields you're talking about and been using for 5,000 years. <laughs> I guess what? We'll get healed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, maybe it goes to that saying, you have to believe what you can't see (laughs) instead of believe only what you do see. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I think we're going to do a little break here. And uh, this is David Kukla with uh, uh, traditional healers from the four corners of the world where all the peoples of the world can come together and share their wisdom, share their knowledge, bring up the issues of today and how those old ways, those traditional practices of respect, honor, integrity, not only for ourselves, but also for the land around us, uh, is uh, a solution for sustainability. It's always worked, it always will work. Uh, It will never die. And so let's all get in that same canoe tonight. Let's start paddling in that same direction, get one mind, become that one people and let let our voice be heard. Uh, Please remember that uh, uh, your tongue can be your greatest gift and also your greatest enemy. So be careful with that tongue and use it in that good way. So I'm gonna use it in a good way right now, take a little break, send my love to all of you. I know you're all good people and you're all practicing and wanting uh, yourselves to heal and have a better life. Uh, We'll be right back, we're gonna take a short station break. End of the day song. At the end of our journey, life's journey, there is often, not often, all the time, there are songs that are given to the, an individual. And on his journey to the spirit world, the song is sung. And there are many different songs. Every tribe, every nation has their going to the spirit world song. And there might be 30, 40 of them, 30, 40, 50, 60 of them within each, each nation. 
And this is just one of them. It's called end of the day. At the end of the journey, your life's journey, at the end of a day, a particular, a particular day, at the end of a, of a long journey, uh, maybe you were hunting, come back, they sing that song because the journey's over and sometimes you're out there in a bush sometimes you're out there in a long time out there in a forest in the woods maybe two or three weeks and when you come back you sing that song Welcome back. This is David Kukla here on KPFA La Onda Bahita. And we're talking with Robin Tequilis Youngblood, Okanagan Salagi, uh, Native American healer, teacher, artist, sorry, grandma, a woman of great wisdom, and has dedicated her life to not only her personal healing, but to the healing of her family and to, and to the motherland, uh, this earth. Cause as we always say to everyone out there, you know, we got to remember words, what, 75% blood or water, blood, water, the same thing. And that this earth is also the same. And so we have to remember, you know, that uh, the world that we're living on, this earth that we're living on, 
there's also that same nature, that same earth that lives with inside of us. Each one of us, you know, maybe we, we're a little bit on the dry side internally in our bodies, you know. Uh, maybe some of us run a little bit hotter than others, you know, we're a little bit more desert. Some of us might run a little bit colder and need those warming foods. And some of us have those big mountains inside of us, those big steep mountains, and maybe our life has been filled with some big challenges. And also maybe some of us have those plateaus where we see those visions. So all of us, we have to remember that this outside world is also living on the internal world. And we want to encourage you to maybe find that peace inside of you that you gravitate towards. I know some people, they say, David, when I go to the ocean, I just feel at peace. Some people tell me they like to go up into the mountains where it's quiet and they can smell the those fir trees, they can smell that cedar when that sun hits it and heats up them oils. Some people like to go out into the desert, out onto those plateaus where it's flat, you can see along, you, you can have that great vision, that the colors. And so again, uh, I think what Rob and I, I've been talking about tonight is finding the nature inside of you and go out to that part in the external world and spend time with it. Uh, you could call it communion if you like. Uh, I always tell people I don't need a church because this earth is my church. And they asked me, when do you meditate and pray? I said, life's a walking prayer. <laughs> yeah. There's not, yeah. There's not a moment I'm not in church. <laughs> That's right. Dang. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway, Robin, uh, let's talk about uh, your healing work. Uh, uh, how is it that people can start getting involved in healing work? This what you know this what you call shamanic healing. Someone who's never gone in that direction. What 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 could you say to them tonight? Well, geez, there's so much I can say <laughs> that it would take much more than the time we have. Uh -huh. um, what I would say, I guess, tonight is that we started out talking about nature within and without. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, last year I was in a mudslide that devastated a whole community here in Washington. Mm-hmm including destroying my home and my family heirlooms. And hmm. I'm amazed on a daily basis that I'm alive hmm. and very grateful. Hmm. And I heard some things. When I was underneath the mud in the water, I felt Mother Earth. I hmm. felt her pain. I felt that she didn't want to, that mountain to come down. Hmm. I felt that there was a message in there, and the message that I was given is that there were many things that happened to that mountain that were human error. Hmm. No blame. Uh, humans do what they know how to do, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my mother used to say that we humans have 20-20 uh, hindsight and very little foresight. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was talking to me. <laughs> Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, those grandmas know, don't they? Damn, I wish she would have came about 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did come to me 40 years ago, and I'm not so sure it did so much good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't listening 40 years ago. <laughs> I tell you, I still got cotton in my ears. <laughs> So what we learned from that mountain is that there were a whole lot of things that we could do differently, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And since that website happened, mm. my teaching and my healing work has changed. Mm. I've begun to do, I had I'd done some family constellation work prior to the mudslide. Now, some people might not know what 
that means, uh, Robin? Sure. Family Family constellation is something that was designed in Europe. Hmm. And it, at that time, followed a sort of a psychological model, a way of having people um, look at their family members and where they place their family members and how they could rearrange the placement of their family members to have a new design within their family. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I first saw Family Constellation, I thought immediately, oh, this belongs in a medicine wheel. Mm. If we did this in a medicine wheel as a ceremony, our ancestors would actually be present. Mm. And so I started doing that and saw incredible uh, healing happened. Mm-hmm. And after... What kind, of, what, what kind of healing, Robin? I saw times when people uh, say they placed great-grandma who they had not met, but they knew that there was some kind of family trauma in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say they placed her in the north, the place where the ancestors mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And someone else would proxy for that Mm great-grandmother. Well, because we were doing it in ceremony, all of a sudden, the person who was acting as a proxy would start getting information, and they would share it with the person who we were doing the constellation with. And that person and this person who was proxying as a great-grandmother would suddenly find something that um, meant a great deal to the person in the center. Mm -hmm. And it would change their attitude about their family. Mm. It would give them Mm -hmm. a new direction, a new perspective. Mm. Sometimes a whole new gift would open up in them. Mm -hmm. A talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So 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 it'd be a way of healing family wounds. Yes, multi-generational family work. Aha, very good. Yeah, a lot of times I talk to people and I got to tell them, I tell them many times, I said that uh, I want you to know that the pain you're feeling right now is generational and that this is as far as your ancestors have been able to take this. And now you have the opportunity to heal it so that it doesn't need to be passed on to your children. Well, one of the teachings of the medicine wheel is that when we heal ourselves, Mm. we're also healing the seven generations behind us as well as the seven generations in front of us. Oh, there you go. So that's pretty close, huh? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I just sort of pat myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're a very wise man. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you know, sometimes we've got to pat ourselves on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, we (laughs) (laughs) So, um, after the mudslide, Mom asked me, Mom being Mother Earth, Mm. to start working with people on an Earth constellation. Mm. And one of the things that she asked is for people to go and connect with something in nature, Mm. whether it was an animal, an insect, a tree, a stone, a river, the ocean, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And to listen Hmm. and find what it is that they, as a person in a body, could do to help that part of nature. Hmm. And when I first decided that I was supposed to do this, um, I took it to Holland first, and I wasn't sure that people would accept it because... Always before, it's been about, how can I heal myself? Mm. Mm -hmm. But what I found is the minute I explained what we were going to do, people said, oh, yes, this is the next place I need to go. Mm -hmm. I need to know how I can help Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. And it opened something in them because Mm -hmm. we have been a very selfish generation. Mm -hmm. Everything's been about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they changed that perspective and began to really look at Mother Earth and really listen, mm-hmm. something melted in their hearts. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a, I'd like to sort of uh, just put a little piece in that uh, from my end of the stick here. And <clears throat> it goes into that place of what we don't give ourselves, we can't give to others. And uh-huh. so on a certain level, uh, the healing journey begins with me. And there needs to be some introspection. There needs to be some self-investigation, some inner awareness of, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> who I am. And then uh, looking at uh, some of my attitudes, looking at my emotional world, looking at my spiritual world, and what does that look like, or do I even have one? Uh, in other words, creating a relationship within me. And then yeah. from that place, Robin, I, I tell my people, then once you can, once you've given yourself some self-respect, then you can go out and show respect to the world. You can, yeah. you can then go and you will start respecting the earth and the motherlands. You'll start going out and respecting the water and the rivers. You'll go out and start respecting the nature and the trees and the woods and the, uh, and the wilderness, if you would. Because you've given yourself first that sense of self-respect. But you're going to continue to destroy that outside world and let, until you come back home to yourself. So I yep. always tell people that this, uh, when you have that sense of going out to the earth now and to the earth spirits and the different energies out there, it's because you come to a certain place within yourself, you can give it away now. Because prior to that, you were bankrupt. You didn't have anything to give. You know, I think that's absolutely true. Had I tried to do that a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in Europe, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked because they yeah. were still need to find that place within themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the importance of <clears throat> uh, the, the healing work that you do and supporting those people who uh, have climbed that one ladder to the top and then as Joseph Campbell said, realize it's leaning on the wrong building, (laughs) right? And so uh, then we, uh, uh, we say, okay, it's never too late. You're still alive. You still got another chance, right? <laughs> so come on down, come on down to earth and let's start doing the work, you know, doing the work on yourself. And, uh, you know, I was a Buddhist monk, uh, uh for a while in Japan and, uh, we really practiced, uh, uh, loving kindness and, yeah. uh, compassion and always for ourselves and others, you know? Yeah. There was, when you call a medicine wheel, we talk self, family, community, nation with nature inside. And we also say body, mind, heart, spirit with nature inside or, <clears throat> or the natural world. <clears throat> so uh, when you talk about having to do ceremony, uh, when you talk about medicine wheels, I think what we're saying to everybody out there is that these concepts are really basically about you learning how to be more kind with yourself. What we're talking about here tonight, folks, is how to give yourself some breathing room. Allowing yourself to be the human being that you are. You're gonna be making mistakes. Forgive yourself. Forgiveness is so important in this healing process. And as you start doing this work within yourself, you're going to be able to walk in your family with your husband or wife or with your children in that better way. 
you'll know that when different situations come up that your only responsibility is to alleviate the suffering that you're experiencing in, in your surroundings, whether it be your family or community. Okay. That can be your sole purpose in life. In Buddhism, they say, alleviate suffering. They say that is in itself enlightenment. And so what we're saying tonight, folks, is uh, seek out someone who does this kind of healing that has a relationship to the self and also to the natural world. And you will find it. And I always say, just ask the question. Don't try to answer it. Just ask that question. You know, ask yourself, where can I find this better place, this person? And we always say, uh, when the student, <clears throat> when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And so out of some kind of magic, some kind of energetic magic, that teacher will show up. Synchronistic. It's a beautiful thing. And so uh, we want to thank Robin tonight for being so gracious to come on board here. We'd love to have you back, Robin. And uh, we could probably talk late into the night over some chamomile tea. <laughs> oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, it's so wonderful. We finally get to talk to each other after many years of, you know, trying to get this connection but everything at its right time exactly and so the time has come and so i want to say a big thank you to the uh to the spirit to the creator to the life force that finally opened the gate or what we say opened those doors so that you and i could meet and share with each other our hearts and share some of the things that we've learned over the years for our people because you out there listening are our people. And we want this to be a good place, not only for you, but as Robin said, those seven generations behind you and those seven generations yet to come. Robin, if people wanted to find you, how could they want uh, want a healing from you or learn more about you? How could they find you? Well, I'm on Facebook mm -hmm. as Robin Youngblood. And also... I have a couple of websites. One is dreamingshaman.com. That's my personal website. Mm -hmm. And we also have churchesears.org mm -hmm. because everything that lives around us is our church. Ah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you ever going to be down here in the Bay Area uh, forming some grandmother circles you talked about earlier in the show? Actually, I'm doing a whole week in Sacramento. When's that? Uh, uh, let's see, mid-May. Okay. And Yvonne Donaldson in Sacramento is the one to get a hold of. Can they find that on your website, uh, Robin? Um, I don't think I have it on the website at this moment, but uh, anybody who contacts me, I can put them in touch with Yvonne. So contact you through Robin Youngblood on Facebook, or which way? On Facebook, or just email me through my website. TheDreamingShaman.com? Yes, uh-huh. Okay, so that's DreamingShaman.com. You can get a hold of Robin, Tequelis, Youngblood, Okanagan, Salagi Healer, and uh, see what her schedule is for coming down here to the Bay Area. Uh, forming some uh, grandmother circles to help into healing. And also maybe you want a personal healing with her. Uh, so uh, you out there, this is David Kukla with the traditional healers of the four corners of the world. You can uh, find find me at livingtraditional.com. Uh, we have our shows uh, uh, posted there, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, livingtraditional.com. If you want to go to my personal website, you could go to davidkukula.com. Yeah, that's a funny name. Let me spell it for you. D-A-V-I-D. Okay, that's the easy part. Kukula. K-U-K-K-O-L-A. 
I want you all to know that kukla means blue jay. I'm the one who cackles at the edge of the forest. <laughs> I love it. So with that, a big hug to all. We love you. We'll be back soon. Robin, big hug. Safe journey. Uh, good luck on all the stuff you're doing. Just my prayers and blessings that the uh, angels hovering around you come down and gently touch your heart tonight. Well, thank you, David, and thank you for the poetry that you've spoken tonight. It's all in my heart. Okay, thank you, and a big hug, and a big shout-out to Clay Schmitz, our video producer. Thank you, Clay. Woo! And then, oh, Miguel, Miguel Mugabilan Molina, executive producer, his lifelong commitment to freedom of speech. Big hug, Miguel. And all you others out there, thank you for your support, your donations. Let's keep hope alive. Stay strong. All right. Good night, everybody.